I'm Dr. Gene Hampson. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, November 9, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon, here today with none other than Jacob Keene and Nick Antonucci. Jacob, we got some great news, didn't we, since you were last on? I think I talked about it briefly. You had passed level three of the CFA exam. Jacob Keene now can use the designation CFA charter holder is uh, what we'll call you guys. He's in yeah. as enthusiastic now as he was when he came in and told us he passed. And that's not. <laughs> we and that's not it. just excited at just all. Just to let you guys know, CFA that's not chicken sandwich related. I know it there's been a lot in the news. <laughs> a guy got stabbed. Oh, well, um, with the chicken. Let's note that was not Chick Fil A. That was important to know. Not a Chick Fil A. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, it uh, it there's is a, a great achievement for those of us in the financial industry. Um, it, it is uh, kind of a milestone, and uh, uh, congratulations are in order. Good job. There Thank you. Go. Thanks for the shout-out, Troy. How about that? Uh, Nick Troy's also nice got a CFA. I, I do. So I'm I just do. falling All right, in. guys, let's scratch okay. each other's backs a little more. It's getting, <laughs> getting a little annoying. <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick is a uh, uh, CVA and uh, CEPA, CEPA. Uh, None of which are as important as the CFA. Well, well, you well, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm CBA, working on it, all right? CBA, I also am a uh, CBA certificate. See how he does that? He's like, yeah, good yeah. job. But also I have that too and the other one. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was going to tell folks what that is. Uh, as a certified valuation analyst. Uh, we'll talk a little about some of the, the things. We've got a question or two to talk about today uh, related to valuation of businesses and uh uh, SIPA, he's a certified exit planning advisor. Is that right? that Always checks it. the red signs. I know where the yeah. exits are yeah. at all times. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, sometimes they're green. Does that throw you off at all? Oh, no. Wow. That's See, wild. They, they teach you that as well. They're like coercing you to leave then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you, know, you know what they do say. The, do the red exit signs make you stop as you get to them? <laughs> yeah. Every, guess, everyone makes, makes a, brings a little happiness. So. Yeah. When they enter a room and some when they leave, right. so I guess it's uh, so. that's the big difference, right? Do you say what up, fam? When when it's not us, yeah. I say what up, fam. Every single on the yeah. Deck. Well, okay. I you know I'm I'm not as as hardcore about trying to be the the uh, okay, millennial. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you you? I'm not a, bo- a boomer either. I'm a oh, maxer. Yeah, right. If you just want to really get right down to it, but. Uh, you know, I, I get it. And, yes, I'm sure that anybody that hears me when I do that, oh, look, the the cute old man is at his stuff again. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm, uh, I'm. we're also joined today by our, one of our interns. Hello. Yeah. Alex, go ahead and introduce Alex. yourself. Tell, Alex. Us, tell us what it is that you do. Well, I'm a research intern. 
I yeah. don't have any certifications. On well, you just you you're getting the main certification, which is your undergraduate degree, right? That's what you're working toward at the moment. Yep, my BBA soon, and eventually a CFA. There you go. All right. Well, gotta have uh, gotta start somewhere and have big hopes, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway, we're here to talk about some financial markets. All-time highs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All-time all highs. Yeah. Uh, Is that good? The, the Dow, the S&P. Did we break it? Is that good? <laughs> Did we break it? Not, yeah. We haven't broken it yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we getting got, close. We got an interest rate cut last week, and yep. we got all-time highs this week. It's it's really rare that you would have those two things within days of each other, but that's what we got. Um, I talked a bit about it last week, how the, the uh, yield curve seems to be normalizing a bit, and that usually happens after uh, after the Fed starts cutting interest rates, after we've seen uh, a prolonged inversion. Now, there's folks out there that would tell you that we didn't really have a prolonged inversion, uh, but that would only be if you were looking at the, the classic 10-year minus 2-year. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 10 minus 3-month was inverted for, what, like four months? Yeah, it was a while. I think, it, I think it started in May. And uh, just just yeah. uh, in the last couple of weeks, actually reversed itself. But if you look at the yield curve, um, normal to a yield curve for those of us who watch it at all would be if you're looking at a chart, there's a line sloping from the left upwardly to the right. Mm -hmm. uh, what we had was something that started about middle of the page, went down and then back up. Kind of like a Nike swoosh is the way that I've been describing it. It's really flat now. From the bottom left to the upper right, uh, there's not much of a, a hump in it. There's usually kind of a, 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 a higher slope on the short end of the curve, and then it flattens out toward the, the longer end. Um, but if you look, we've seen uh, like 20 basis point decline in everything from the one month out to about the five year. Yeah. And then yeah. we see an increase of about 30 basis points for everything from that five year on. Right. Um, which just tells you that we had a, a pretty significant twist in the in the yield curve, and uh, you know the the Nike swoosh is gone. Right. And well, uh, the I mean the risk on trades in full force right now. Right. So a lot of the duration, a lot of the sort of safe haven, longer term mm -hmm. treasuries, they're being they're sold being off. sold right now. Yeah. And if you read financial literature, you're starting to hear folks say, "Well, I'm not so sure that it's time to be." risk averse maybe maybe things are changing you guys got an opinion on that yeah it's hard to this late in the cycle and and the market at all time highs it's hard for me personally to really get in the mindset of being risk on especially when you know the data coming out while it's firmed up a little bit in some aspects it's still not extremely strong you have gdp at 1.9 percent two percent something like that in the third quarter um and you're seeing growth slow not just domestically but across the globe um, policy is still accommodative. Like we said, we had the Fed cut rates last week. Um, but I just don't see the data, at least in my eyes, that is encourages me to be risk on at this time. Yeah. Especially you see the manufacturing data come out, again, not just here, domestically, across the globe. Manufacturing is in contraction. You also have economies in Europe. Um, I don't know what, Q, what third quarter GDP was in Germany, but um, it was in, the economy was in contraction. Right. Right. Yeah. And speaking to that GDP, that recent GDP report, basically absent consumer spending, yeah, we, we would have nothing. The Correct. past two quarters, we would be in a recession currently. It, it continues to so, be the consumer and employment driving right, what looks right. to be the bright spots of the right. economy. And, and it, 
I just get concerned when you're looking at, you know, current conditions where we're having a weak quarter in earnings uh, in the market right now. It doesn't look like the fourth quarter is going to be great. Are we pricing in next year, which is not necessarily a foregone conclusion that we do have a meaningful economic recovery? You know, what sort of margin of safety do we have built into the markets right now? Sure. So to Nick's point, um, certainly, I mean, we can rip higher. I, I, I think typically Fed accommodation does take a while to flow through to the markets. Yeah. Um, so we tend to price it in when it does happen, um, and it takes a while to flow through. But um, just looking at the environment broadly, I think, you know, there's plenty of concerns and kind of the huge overhang for me and um is uh, we we talk about it man it's 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 i'm numb to it at this point you know the back and forth between the US and China right yeah and, and this week we're getting positive news from yeah, that the they'll both remove well. tariffs well, if the deal is signed but the frustrating thing to me is you how what is this put, going on a month ago where phase 1 was the announcement was made that, that we've come to agreement of phase 1 yeah. is yeah. that fair about a month yeah, ago yeah they were supposed to meet nothing's happened in Chile, but that kind of fell through, and it feels like China's sort of delaying, but we're up against that December de- deadline to to have the additional tariffs on the stuff that already got delayed. Right. It would be the consumer electronics type items, the the big items that right. we're afraid to affect the holiday season with, but eventually, if we don't get some, you know, uh, concessions from China, then that's going to have to happen. So it's, I don't know, that's uh, sort of like, I to me, that's the distraction of the market from what are, you know, overall sort of weak fundamentals. I Absolutely. also feel like on, on both sides, when announcements are made, the other party uh, is not quick to come out and support whatever's being reported. For example, when the U.S. came out, you know, prior to, quote, phase one, um, China wouldn't confirm you know, the progression of talks. Now you have on the other side, the article I was reading in the Wall Street Journal today, basically China has come out and said, you know, both have agreed to, to you know, pare back the tariffs um, equally, but the U.S. hasn't come out and confirmed those comments. Right. So you have one side talking, and, and in, in many cases you're not having both sides coming out and say, well, yeah. it makes you wonder if they're talking to their own constituents and, you know, not necessarily about what happened while they were behind closed doors. Right. Let me throw out a couple of numbers real quick. Uh, market was up 1.68% this week. Uh, energy led the way 5.23% higher. Utilities fell by 3.8%. Like I said, rate-related probably, uh, given the fact that we did see at least the short-term uh, interest rates fall on the yield curve. Uh, Jacob, you alluded to this. Uh, we've got a uh, decline in earnings for the third quarter. Um, More which, significant depending on what source you look at. Right. We've gone yeah. back and forth on this. Facts that shows a 4.1% decline versus Bloomberg's 2.something. One. One point something. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about financial markets and uh, give you a dog of the week. Stick around. Money Talks. We'll be right back. Did you know that nearly 11% of residents and 12% of children in Cobb County live below the poverty line? That's thousands of families doing without, which is especially sad during the holidays. The Center for Family Resources has been bringing the community together to collect food items for low-income families in Cobb County for over 30 years. 
Through our Thanks for Giving program, we provide holiday food boxes during the Thanksgiving break filled with ingredients for families to cook their own traditional holiday meal. Plus, since Thanksgiving week can put an extra strain on a family's food budget while children are home from school, we provide extras like breakfast foods, pasta, and peanut butter for those added meals. How can you help? Go to the CFR.org to volunteer, raise money, or start a drive through your business, church, neighborhood, or civic organization or school. That's the CFR.org, and thanks for giving. You This is the Dog of the Week. The Dog of the Week. All right, Dog of the Week this week. Uh, we have our special guest. As I mentioned earlier, we've got Alex Del Nodal on the uh, show with us, who is our research intern. And uh, since they usually pull all the data together for me to do the Dog of the Week, I figured it might be fun to listen to him do the Dog of the Week himself. So, Alex. Thank you, Troy. Go. So this is what I got for you today. It's uh, it's not funny. It's a little bit on the creepy side. A little. Okay. So yeah. I know Halloween just passed, but there's a city in Japan. It's called Nagaro. Nagaro. About 30 people live there. Big town. Thirty. That is, that is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're yeah, just getting started. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. one of the residents decided to make it more lively by making hundreds of scarecrows yeah the first one i think started as her dad a likeness of her dad kind of in memorial oh i've seen this so they call it the doll village but it wasn't actually for just a memorial it was actually to keep the birds away from her garden ah okay so it was the classic scarecrows the way it started all right but then she she went a little yolo and (laughs) (laughs) put hundreds around the town and now there's a lot of tourists, about 3,000 every year. Yeah, it's kind of an out-of-the-way town, so it's strange that they would have anybody go out of their way to uh, to get there. But now it's becoming a thing. It's oh, ki- it's kind of like chasing the danger in a scary movie to me. It's like, why do you want to go and... S- it's just creepy. Go hide right. in, in the graveyard? Yeah. I don't... It's probably know. hard for the bus drivers, too, when they're like, is that a scarecrow sitting waiting for the bus? Or That's true. You can't yeah. just like blow past the stop because yeah. no one's there. Yeah. Well, I thought they were supposed to stop at every potential bus stop. No, there. you pull on the... Think about the economic <laughs> impact to this little town, you know? I, I, yeah. Surely they have ride the bus much. more restaurants. <laughs> yeah. So, Jacob, educate me. So what do you... You pull yeah, on the you, chain? You pull on the little thing, yeah. Oh. Clearly, yeah, you don't, you don't ride the bus, truck. I, yeah, I'm... You, uh, you guilty suburbanites. Yes. Wow. I'm sorry. Sorry I've disappointed you guys. Maybe I'll... <sighs> maybe I'll Get my hips. Oh, I see the problem. Your now. Hips? I look at both of my hipster. Oh, I said. Okay. Uh, I look at you both. And you have comment. a bigger Wait. beard. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the beard. The beard. And I don't have a beard. Only a mustache. But you know, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, nothing. Nobody, nobody's gonna say, oh. say boomer. We no? can't. We can't make it through a whole show without him bringing up facial hair. I, I got I a tally running. It. You don't know about it, but I got it. I got it running. Have you? you I know? don't doubt that. Like we get it. You have all a mustache. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. But that's all. All right, Alex. So uh, this lady has created a creepy town out of Nagara, Japan. And um, it, she it, did I read correctly that she's got like a classroom, an, an old elementary school that was going to be just an empty school. And now it's a 
museum that she uses? Well, a lot of the facilities have turned into museums. The school is one. There's also, if you're looking to get married, there's a Japanese traditional bridal party set up for you. So if you don't oh have if you don't gosh. have friends, you can have scarecrows. Yeah. The yeah. Chinese need to adopt this for all like the ghost the cities ghost that they towns. have. You know, they've ah, they've created right. all these. Uh, all right. They have their fake Paris and all that. That's there's, a great there's idea. Some scarecrows out there. It looks popular. Yeah. Maybe she needs to move to those that, ghost cities. That's like that's like a very uh, Chinese thing to do. Like steal. An idea. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it your own. Yeah, I yeah, know. We've been doing this for years. <laughs> look, look, we have a copyright on it right here. <laughs> uh, I think you copyrighted the copyright. Yeah. Ours are scarecrow spelled with a K. Uh, it's different. <laughs> it's a lot different. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's press on. Uh, we got a few things to talk about. Financial. You know, Troy. If, if we're going to get into these, are we going to questions? Sure. Now? Yeah. Let's I, do. You know, I joked about. The fantasy football aspect of the radio show. I think. I think when we're talking stocks, it's it's a starter sit conversation. Starter sit. Is that sit. a buy or sell? Are you starter okay. sitting the stock? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. you make it whatever you want there, Nick. Yeah. Uh, pick some sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. Your sleeper pick for the quarter. All right. Well, we'll start off with a sleeper. How about Kyle from Woodstock who writes? Uh, you've said before you're not a big fan of individual indus- industrial names, but I've been looking at Anixter International. Uh, the recent run has been great, and uh, I want to get in on it. There is a problem with that. Uh, the ticker symbol, I think it's AXE. Um, Axe body spray? Well, no, it's oh, different. Okay. It's not the body spray. It's um, just uh, AXE, okay. a ticker symbol. Anyway, the the uh, issue is the company has had a nice run. Uh, it would be awesome if you could get in, in uh, on the run, but you'd have to back up the clock because... The pop that they just recently had was due to the fact that they announced they're selling the company to another company. What I'm telling you is... So you can't I, make like 1% left in premium? That Well, you hit? could, but I mean, why would you try? You could probably do as well with a relatively short-term fixed sure income could. instrument. Uh, and that's usually what happens. So uh, the company's a global uh, distributor of network and security electrical and electronic devices. But again, you know, AXE is the symbol. Uh, don't don't reach out for this. You're, it's going nowhere. It's uh, it's being purchased by another company. Sure. So I think it's also worth noting the question you mentioned not buying individual individual industrial names. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. Um, no, at all. we don't. We you know, you want to be selective and 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 consider what your portfolio looks like. Right. As, also, you know, macroeconomic conditions um, in terms of which industrials you want to buy. Some are more well, cyclical than others. That's absolutely true. Right now, um, it wouldn't be wise to go piling in, as you've mentioned before, Nick. I think we're all kind of on the same page. We're late. We're pretty late in the uh, business cycle, and uh, looks like there's there's really more potential grief than I would want to get in the middle of with a very cyclical company right now. However, we do recommend individual industrial names. Uh, you might have mixed that up with material stocks because we don't really own too many individual materials. Right. It's a very small sector of the the um, business environment, and you know if you want to stay diversified even within a sector, it's very difficult in that space uh, with as little um, weight as there is in the in the market for that sector. All right, uh, let's move on. We got a question from Heather. Let me throw this out. If you've got your own questions you'd like to get in contact with us um, so that we could answer them on the air, you can call us at 1-855-429-9166, which is our question hotline. You'll call. You'll get a recording. 
uh, we ask that you leave your your uh, name and, and uh, question on that recording. We play it on the air, and then we'll answer right behind it. Um, if you prefer to uh, call and talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166 and uh, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, who is our producer. Uh, she'll take your question and uh, get it to us so we can answer it on the air, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com. We've got lots of information on there. There's a, a radio show page as well, uh, Money Talks. Uh, you can click on and see lots of information, and uh, as and you can listen to our previous uh, show recordings as well. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you got something, uh, make sure you give us a call or email. Um, We've got a question from Heather from Smyrna. It says, uh, what's going on with Uber stock? Uh, I get that after IPOs, the stock usually drops significantly, but, what, but what's going on with earnings? And to that, I would say, what earnings? <laughs> Companies never earned a dime. Uh, they do generate revenue. Well, if you want to call it an investment, it could be a problem. Uh, they've, uh, they, they did go public this year. Um, and it, it came out at a price to sales in the twenties. Yeah. Jacob, what is the normal price to sales ratio? Uh, in the low single digits, low That's, single digits, yeah. the lower, Quite the often better. less than two or three. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, you know, that tells you a lot about what happened. It did come out very expensive. Um, usually everybody clamors to get an IPO because often they're mispriced. Um, and, and by that, I mean, uh, when the company goes public, um, the the company the portion the company gets for for the com- for uh, its issuance of shares is basically the first tick. They get a certain price. Uh, usually, demand is so great that it drives the price higher. Uh, all in one day or a series of two or three days, very short period of time, and then it it is pretty common for them to kind of tick back or flutter back to earth. Uh, sometimes fall like a rock back to earth. Um, uh, Uber is currently selling around 12 times sales. Yeah. So you can see it's it's fallen significantly since the IPO. A bigger issue that I have is is all the fundamentals just look ugly. I you know their their expenses have been uh, relatively high. They've been spending a lot of money on R and D to get uh, self driving cars off the ground. Their their fear is if they are not the creator of the first successful. Uh, self-driving automobile that they may not get to use it and that being the case uh, their expenses will never decline like they'd like for them to so yeah yeah yeah, all like all the value we're we're getting close to up against the break but all the value in the business right now is in the future they you you said what earnings they lost a billion dollars this quarter one quarter quarter. that's with the b yeah their revenue though has grown 68% 68% annually over the last three years. Pretty significant, if you ask me. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to John Dixon about Georgia Heart, a uh, tax credit for Georgia residents and small business owners. Stick around. Money talks. From atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. 
as promised, I uh, kicked my guys out and uh, wanted to talk about some highbrow tax situation that we got going on in Georgia. I know our scope is much broader than that, but, uh, you know, this is something specific for those of us who, who live in Georgia. And I have with me none other than John Dixon, who is a uh, CPA, CFP, CVA. Uh, John is a principal in the Hensler Tax Division. Uh, what is the official name of the Hensler Tax Division now, John? It's now Hensler CPAs and Advisors. There we go. Awesome. Uh, appreciate you picking me up there. Um, just uh, wanted to uh, to talk to you. I know it's something that we've encouraged clients to do in the past. Um, basically, you can make a deductible donation to a rural hospital. Uh, the program's called Georgia Heart. And, John, I, I want, I mean, I know, you know, and... In uh, social settings, uh, your your name is Chillax. It used to be, you know, known as Chill and Relax. In this case, it's going to be Chill and Tax. That's right. We're chillaxing. You're, chi- you're we're chillaxing today. Yeah, on I the think show. last time you were on the show, you dropped the old intoxicated. I d- I don't think I've ever been intoxicated. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much of whatever it is you drink you would have to in- <laughs> intake in order to get me intoxicated. But hey, let's talk about the Georgia Heart for a second. Yeah, let's see if we can get you there here with the uh, Georgia Heart. <laughs> I'm sure if anything will, this is going to do it. Well, Troy, we've talked about this before, and there's been some some recent uh, adopted Georgia Department of Revenue revenue ruling here, five sixty seven. 857. Well, that's a mouthful of numbers. That is. But, of course, this has some great benefits for, for businesses out there. Um, we have a, a bunch of clients that participated in this uh, credit last year. So for those out there, you know, last year you were able to make a contribution to a rural hospital. Right. And then you were able to take a charitable donation on your federal taxes for that donation and then a Georgia tax credit. Uh, so you got a double benefit. So right. your rate of return was basically your federal tax rate. So now, if I'm correct, they've pared that back some for 2019, right? They did. The IRS came out and said, you know, because of some of the other states out there, high states, uh, high taxing states, California, New York, to name a couple, um, you know, they they came out with some of these charitable programs to where their their taxpayers could make contributions to these state programs and get a, a charitable donation instead of. Uh, being limited to the ten thousand dollar deduction. Yeah, the limit that they put on with the new two thousand seventeen what was it tax cuts and jobs act. Right. So the, the the Trump tax cut basically knocked them out of contention, and it kind of put a limit on Georgia uh, taxpayers as well, right? Right. It, it hit all taxpayers with the ten thousand dollar limit, but it hit the uh, the higher taxing states more with the higher tax rates for California, New York. So. Right. IRS came out and said, you know, these programs, you can no longer take a charitable donation um, for for these programs where you're getting a state tax credit. Um, but you can take a, a, a business expense, um, you know, for deductions that are seeking, um, you know, a, a business expense. I mean... Um, well, in in this case, we're talking about it's so it's kind of the heart program is is kind of a dual benefit, right? As an individual, you can take advantage of it, right? Right. So the individuals that benefit kind of the, the 
the benefit from a deduction went away. So you can Correct. no longer get the tax charitable donation for federal purposes, but you can still, instead of paying Uncle Georgia, you know, your taxes, you right. can you can basically just fund That's, a hospital, right. you know, and do a, a more charitable cause. So it allows you to kind of control what your tax is going toward. Right. In a way. In, in a way, you a, are. It's a... It's a uh, charitable donation, but you get that tax benefit, so it's directed to uh, the charitable organization instead of just the state to spend it however they wish because you get a deduction from it. Right? That's correct. And then the Georgia Heart program came out and said, well, you know, pass-throughs could, would be able to take this as a deduction, as a business expense. So we're talking about like an S-Corp or a partnership? A, a partnership, correct. Well, okay. the issue with the program was that only individuals could apply. So... The, how can you take a business deduction that's committed, something that's committed by an individual right. partner or shareholder? So with the new rev ruling, Georgia came out and allowed the flow-throughs to apply for the credit. But there are some some additional uh, parameters that you have to deal with, right? There are. You have to justify your business expense. So it has to be a, an expense that you can justify that it potentially builds brand awareness, uh, increase customer loyalty, you know, maybe you're earning some community goodwill, uh, something that would potentially develop more business for your pass-through so that you're actually taking a business expense for that contribution, and then the credit passes through to the individual partners or shareholders as a credit in Georgia. So, so John, if you don't mind, can you flesh out what that might look like? Give us an example, if you could. Sure. So one might be, you know, a CPA practice who has, you know, huh. doctors. Fancy that, a yeah. CPA practice. Something yeah. this guy knows about it. <laughs> you know, somebody who has, a, you know, a relationship with potentially the doctors at that med- in the hospital. So right. you're going to make a contribution to that hospital in goodwill because some of the doctors are your clients. Um, could be that you're a construction company, or maybe even um, you've got a a franchise location in a rural hospital area, and so you want to make sure your employees have access to, to good health care. So right. those would be some business reasons for you know yeah, making the you, contribution. You could even do it as maybe a, a potential to drive new business. So if you had identified some some doctors in a specific area, a rural area, and you wanted to, to bring them on as, as a new client, or like you said, a construction company that might want to get uh, business if they knew that there might be some expansion in that that uh, region for a, for a new hospital. I guess you could do it that way as well, right? That's correct. It's, it's really just trying to justify it as a business expense, and, you know, you, you want it to be a legitimate expense, but... Uh, you know, these are these. I mean, they go down specifically as just an expense among all the other business expenses that you have. Correct. That's correct. And and so then the the once you take the deduction and the credit passes through the individual shareholders or partners, there is a limitation on the individual return for that credit, and it's limited to the the Georgia income tax associated with that pass-through. And that would include, you know, the K-1 income as well as W-2 wages potentially paid from that S-Corp to that, to that shareholder. So that times the tax rate is your maximum, maximum credit. So if you end up calculating and estimating too much of a credit, then what's actually claimed on your tax return, it would be limited and lost. So that's one downside from, from this pass-through is you gotta, you, you want to try to make sure you, you guesstimate what your your tax is because any other benefit would be lost from the credit standpoint. Um, And and this year, you know, the credit has passed, the the limit hasn't 
been reached yet this late into the year. It'd be interesting to see next year with this new rev ruling if the credit doesn't get utilized a lot faster next year because of this double benefit for businesses, the pass-throughs, the the, uh, partnerships and S-Corps. And last year it did get used up really quick, right? Like the cutoff is usually like June 30th, but uh, it was pretty much gone by then in 2018. And this year there's leftovers, right? That's right. And it's, it's, Probably mainly due to the double double dip. Yeah, the change. Last year. Yeah, yeah, I the mean, where where businesses were able once the limitation expired, June thirtieth expired, all these businesses applied for large numbers of, of credits because they got the deduction and the credit, and then yeah. they came out and 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 limited that. So uh, because of that that change, you don't see the participation this year probably than than what you did last year. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, John, you've made that just absolutely clear as mud. Um, when it comes to tax issues, sometimes they can get really complicated. And if anybody wanted to contact you, I know you're all ears. You'd love to help them out. Uh, and, and anybody who might uh, want to know how to uh, benefit from this, this uh, tax credit could also contact you. The number you can contact John is uh, 770-429-9166. Just call in, ask for John Dixon, and he would be happy to help you out in uh, any matter uh, that's uh, related to taxes. Uh, we can get ta- intoxicated together. Oh, my word. We really <laughs> went there again. I thought we were done with all that craziness. Well, John, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this is a great benefit for uh for uh, high-wealth individuals and even business owners at this point. Thanks for having me, Troy. Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with uh, Nick Antonucci and Jacob Keen and Alex Del Nodal. And uh, it's always good to hear from John about uh, Georgia Heart. Um, guys, let's answer a few more questions uh, about financials. But first, if you uh, have your own question you'd like for us to answer on the air, We'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. You call in, uh, get our recording, record your question afterwards, include your name, please, and uh, we will play that on the air and answer right behind it. If you'd prefer to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166, ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show, and uh, she will get uh, your question to us. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go to our website and check out all the fun things that we've downloaded that you can uh, you can potentially answer your own question if it's broad enough. Again, hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. So guys... Um, we got a question here from Megan and Robert from Kennesaw says, what do you think about Marathon Petroleum? I was considering adding that to our portfolio. Now, I'll tell you straight up, we're, uh, we do recommend this holding to clients. Yeah, and that's a timely question right yeah, there. It, there's, recent there's, addition. It really was. And 
we've had uh, it's there's been some news on the stock um, even more recent than than uh, when we added it as a recommended uh, security holding um, last week we saw that uh, the uh, Paul <laughs> my boy Paul. Paul Paul got in there yeah uh, yeah Elliott management has a position Sorry. in the company uh, and uh, they've uh, they've been pushing for change at the company and looks like they've actually made some traction. Uh, Marathon has announced that they're going to uh, spin off the Speedway franchise, which is generally the, the least profitable. The marketing side of things is usually the least profitable in any of these uh, petroleum companies, the energy space. Um, and not only that, the CEO is going to retire next year. And not only that, the CEO's expected replacement is also stepping down. The company has a 65-year-old uh, mandatory retirement policy, uh, which would just leave the the uh, um, the, the successor. Successor, yeah. Thanks, Nick. I got you. Uh, would leave the successor like a year in office if he were to take over. So he stepped out. So they are looking for a CEO. The stock fell about three and a half percent on the news. Um, you guys got anything to yeah, add? Yeah, so with the with the fantasy analogy, we got a new coach in here. I think this is definitely a start this week. <laughs> um, but just, I mean, just briefly, um, I mean, people go to gas stations and they're familiar with the energy Speedway. companies. Sure. With the energy companies broadly, right. right? Yeah. Marathon is solely a refiner, so there's different economics to that. Right. So they make money on the spread between getting the oil out of the ground and putting it in, turning that it into gasoline, you. right? And putting it in your car. Yeah, so they're not um, a they're not an exploration type company. Right. They don't produce oil. They don't go out and drill for it. But yeah. once it's out of the ground, they turn it yeah. into the gasoline that's usable in your automobile. Yeah, and um, so looking at the energy industry broadly, there's been a lot of underinvestment the past few years. There's right. definitely cycles with that. Companies have been tightening their belts, so that leaves if demand continues to you know pace well that leaves room for oil to run but nearer term um if we do get a weaker dollar if we do get a more dovish fed um and we do get uh any sort of any sort of credit event um if you think about who they're buying the oil from well they're buying the oil from the frackers so there's some nice dynamics there for some acyclicality in a refiner and that if you know People are dumping inventory, oil inventory on the market, yet the consumer still stays strong. Then they're going to command higher margins. Sure. And Marathon, as a refiner, is uniquely positioned in that they're across the country. So right. if there's a certain area, you know, in back in, you know, up in uh, North, North Dakota, North Dakota right. if their oil is cheaper than, say, in uh, the Permian, West they Texas have access Florida. and they have refineries across the country to take advantage of those opportunities, and then you look, they they had they had the recent mer- acquisition merger from right. stock transaction with Endeavor to get that access. So that's a nice catalyst moving forward. And you look at the valuation on the stock at you know under 14 times, and that's on what I don't feel like is normalized earnings right now over the course of a cycle right. with the over 3% dividend yield. Again, this one's a start. You heard it here first. 
There you go. Nick, Nick <laughs> likes it too, it sounds like. Uh, put, him uh, your, put him in your flex position. <laughs> but the one thing you can know is demand is still continued. I mean, we talked about the consumer earlier, and uh, demand is just, you know pretty solid uh, within the refining business. I read something uh, you know this week that said uh, 98% uh, capacity utilization within their refinery business. So uh, that's something that's always a good thing. It yeah, the demand's there. Translates yeah, to and, earnings. And, yeah. And, and we also have new regulations that's forcing the refiners to make their uh, gasolines cleaner, especially on the, the, the freight, the shipping freight. Right. Oh, um, yeah, So right. a lot of the bigger players will benefit from that because they have invested in relative to the smaller players. Yeah, technology's yeah. key They have as a well, technology right. edge for sure. Yeah, keep the sulfur low. All right, uh, let's uh, go to one more. I'm sure we got plenty of time to talk about this. Jason from Covington says, I'm 58 and I know I can't work forever. I've owned my collision and repair garage close to 35 years. It used to be that uh, to sell a business, all one had to do was find a good mechanic and let him work as an apprentice until he could uh, take over the business. That's how I got my shop. Uh, now my accountant is telling me that I have to enhance the value of my business in order to sell it for top dollar. Uh, I just want to know I can retire at 65. I've got several years to enhance the value, so what am I really looking at? Nick, this sounds like something you might be able to help, and I, I totally agree. This you know, he's, he still sounds like he might be trying to, to uh, groom that uh, underling to take the business over. It, it's a very common issue these days with a lot of uh, it is, yeah. and baby boomers looking to retire. Kind of where I want to start, too, is I just want to know I can retire at 65. So exit planning as a whole, you know, value creation is part of the exit planning process. Right. You're trying to extract the most value you can for your business. But but it's it's so much more than just from a business aspect. You know, they kind of break it down in, into three categories. You have the personal aspect, you have the financial aspect, and you have the business aspect. So right. the, the personal kind of speaks to once you exit this business, what is your life going to lo- look like? You've poured all these this, this time and energy into this business, and all of a sudden, you know, you've left it. Now what do you do? So you can't overlook that aspect of your life. But in, in terms of value creation, I would first want to start with, what does your retirement look like? What do you need? How much money do you need to get from the sale of this business in order to reach your goal? So yeah. you it, you have to have a starting point of, of here's what I think is worth today and maybe get a valuation done or you ballpark what it's worth. And then what do I need it to be worth to reach that retirement that exactly. I have in mind? And everything in between there is you have to kind of bridge that gap from where we are now to where you need to be in order to meet your retirement needs. Right. And quite often you'll find that business owners, that's their biggest investment. That, you know, the, over the biggest course of portion the last... of your wealth is tied up in right that i would business. have to guess that jason over the last 35 years his biggest investments probably always been his garage and and uh you know it is a type of business that will fluctuate in value and and uh, revenues um you know given business cycle uh and and it's good in my opinion that he's looking seven years out he's yeah that's a, that's a good time horizon 65 so basically to to accelerate the value of your business, what we want to do is identify the risks and reduce those risks, right? So maybe right. that's in this case it wouldn't be an issue, but let's say you have uh, you know high concentration of revenue. If well, it could be he could have you know contracts for a business. Maybe he it is. Say so here. Maybe it is. So uh, that, I know mechanics that might do work on a, a certain milk company's vehicles, and that's all they do. 
Right. Or if you don't have a successor that you've groomed or someone that can step in once you've sold the business, that's a huge risk. Right. You know, you, you have someone come in and purchase it or, and you're no longer there. Something happens to you. There's no one to run the business. That's a huge, you know, risk to the value of, of that business. Because it's a risk to the purchaser. Basically, exactly. all you're doing at that point is you might be buying a facility and some equipment and a a yeah. client list. Well, you, well, yeah, you limit your opportunity set because you can only sell it to people who know how to run exactly. and, and that and business. One right. last thing I, I want to throw in there because we're running out of time is is clean up your books. If you know you're run, you run it as a lifestyle business, you're running expenses through the business that aren't truly relevant to the operations. Right. Let's let's start working those out. You know, the, yeah, the, it the makes company the business car look a lot more profitable in most cases. Exactly. And, so the, and profitability, growth, and revenue, those all add to the value of your business. Sure. So I guess in the most general way possible, I would say value creation is all about reducing the risk. Well, and, and maximizing profits and, and revenues, if you can do the two of those at the same time. You'll it's, be sitting, it's a pretty, sitting pretty. Yeah, it can be a pretty complex situation. If you want to, uh, if you have a business, you're in that situation, you feel free to call us. Again, the number is 770-429-9166. Ask for Nick Ancinucci. He can help you out. Uh, with any of those issues. All right, well, uh, that looks like about it for me. Uh, guys, what do you say, mark it up or down this week? I think it rips on. Gains. Gains. There we go. Everybody up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll be back next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.